Border Dance with your host Yasmina Ramsey, where we explore how world dance expresses the inexpressible and helps us to understand the meaning of our existence. Meher Malik is the foremost exponent of belly dancing in India. having spent more than 17 years learning, training, maturing and teaching this dance form. She received huge recognition for her performances on India's Got Talent, where she performed belly dance with grace, passion and a hint of Bollywood spice. Meher is the founder of the Banjara School of Dance, a pioneering belly dance institute in the country. It has been a hard struggle for Meher to establish belly dancing in India as a dance form. She has broken stereotypes and proven that belly dance is a legitimate art form. Through her art, Maher continually inspires and empowers women from all walks of life to express themselves fully and find their true place in the world. Hi Maher, it's lovely to finally meet you in person and talk to you. I mean, we're we can see each other, but people are only going to hear our voices. We've kind of been in communication over the years a little bit on messenger i don't remember why some questions have gone back and forth and also one of your wonderful students is dancing with my company now so i feel this connection with you now so i'm very happy to have you welcome to deeper dance and thank you for being here today thank you yasmina one of the things that most fascinates me about you is your work with community outreach you have a very definitive artistic vision with your work and a few years ago or not too long ago i saw a photograph of you pregnant with a big naked belly and beautiful i think it was in profile i don't remember why it could be my own projection but there was some kind of reference to the divine feminine or something along those lines can you speak about that a little bit So this was last year because I'm now a mother to uh, an almost 6-month-old little girl so this was last year you know the country that I live in India is a country where for many many years i would say centuries women have been put down not only not only for what they wear even the choices they make and the one thing that really gets me going oh is the fact that women in a country like India have no control or no say on how they want to treat their own bodies. Mhm. So for me, I feel like it's probably the case in in other countries and in other parts of the world as well, but in India particularly, I feel like our our own right over our bodies has been stripped off. And when it comes to whether it's becoming a mother or whether it comes to looking a certain way or being part of certain rituals or even things like menstruation is supposed to be an unholy thing and you cannot enter the temple if you have if you're on your period there's a lot of really stupid ideologies surrounding women in india can you imagine a woman not being able to pray because she's on a period who gave her the period nature you know this so-called creator that we're worshiping is the one who created her this way it makes no sense so for me one of the reasons to want to do a a shoot like that my husband's a photographer and one of the reasons to actually do a shoot like that or to kind of like showcase my belly was to kind of destigmatize some of the things that are centered around women related subjects in india now ever since i have been belly dancing so i come originally i'm from india but i lived in oman for 17 years i have had the pleasure and the privilege of 
meeting people from different cultures, different countries, you know, and coincidentally, the, the king of Oman was also at some point the king to Zanzibar. So there was a lot of people that were coming in and out of Oman, you know, a lot of expats, a lot of different communities. And I often found it super interesting that when we'd, you know, when there'd be a baby born or there would be a marriage, they would have these little secret parties where women would celebrate and, you know, they'd dance amongst each other. And I was an Arab, but I always had an interest in the language and the culture and, and obviously living there and having friends from the Arab culture. I found myself often in situations where I was at a party or watching, you know, a little baby or watching women zagharit when a little baby is born. And that really, really, it made me wonder why things like that didn't happen in the Indian community. And then I came to India and questioned all of that. So I moved back to India in 2006. This was after 17 years of living in Oman. And it was a huge difference, you know, living, when you live in another country, it's somehow all the people, it's like, it's like you're all friends and nobody cares and you have to be together because you're foreigners in a different land, you know? Right. But in India, you see such a divide. You see a divide on the basis of religion. You see a divide on the basis of sex, casteism, and a lot of different things. And then I went around asking people why things like these didn't exist. And what I got to know was surprising. What I got to know was that the way of celebrating childbirth or, you know, with women getting together and celebrating for each other was actually very much an Indian concept as well. Wow. <laughs> so you even have a ceremony called God Barai, where family and relatives will come. It technically means uh, God is like your lap. And bharai means to fill. So people will come and then they fill your lap with gifts and your favorite foods and what you might be craving and things like that. And as a community, we also have this, we also have a very deep connection with basically all activities within the rite of passage, whether it's marriage or it's childbirth or it's a death ceremony. We have culture and religion associated to all of that. Right. The only thing that's changed is the fact that, you know, I would say, and this is relatively new, I mean, uh, probably in the medieval ages, when women were, where women were actually looked in, especially in a country like India, every male god has a female consort. You know, you have like Shiva and Parvati, you have, you know, Vishnu and Lakshmi, and the feminine divine is half of that whole creation. But somewhere in the medieval ages, I feel like women have really been, the power of a woman in India has really been taken away from her. And so with it, all of the celebration, you know, whether it's got to do with giving birth or whether it's got to do with rejoicing in a girl's first period, somewhere it has changed and somehow become dirty and something that we don't want to express and something that we don't want to talk about. And, you know, we don't want to rejoice in and that was one of the reasons for me to actually do that shoot is because I wanted to bring back that idea of the fact that this is our bodies and we decide what we want to do with it. And becoming a mother is really the, the closest that you can be connected to nature in mm -hmm. all honesty. I mean, as a mother, I am, I am the plant, the flower, the fruit. I am everything, you know, my womb is everything. So that's one of the reasons that I decided to do a photo shoot like that is to really bring back this goddess image of the woman because the woman is really connected to nature in, its, in the closest possible sense. 
I had the privilege of studying with um, Leila Haddad in Paris. And I realized that every year she actually brings students from France to Rajasthan to study the, the connection between India and the Arab world and the connection between Delhi dance. And, and that drove me even deeper to kind of look back into my culture and see, wow, somebody that's living away and from another culture is actually finding or going deeper into the understanding of how this could possibly con be connected through the gypsy roots. And then I think I went deeper and that's where I understood that even in our culture, whether it was the Devadasis, the Devadasis are the, you know, those, um, the figurines that you see on, on famous Indian temples that were actually dancing for gods in the temples. Right. Um, it was all sacred. But somewhere down the line, a woman's body and her dance and her, her meditative state, this ecstasy for her, in some way became like a profane thing. And I think that's what we're doing with belly dancing in India. We're bringing back that sacred sensuality. That's what we're bringing back. I love that term, sacred sensuality. So that's beautiful. I love the way you, you phrased all that and that whole story behind it. I think what you're expressing with your frustration with India is not just India. It's all over the world. It just comes out in different forms. But, but it is definitely amazing in a country that has uh, its formative religion, has so many deities, and female deities are such an important part. And so it just doesn't make sense. Like you can understand that maybe in the Abrahamic religions, okay, it's very male-dominated, do but India no, doesn't make sense. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in India, it doesn't make sense that we'd lose that c contact with the, the divine feminine or the sacred sensual. So, so the other thing I want to ask you about is your community outreach. I saw a video where you're talking about your school, Banjara School of Dance, and you're in New Delhi, that you have such a community sense in your school as well, not just the community of your school, but how you re your relation to your community around you with, I think, recycling projects, working with different NGOs. Do you want to speak yeah. about that a little bit? So for me, I think being an artist has always been related to making the world a better place. You know, if I wanted to, if I wanted to make the world a not better place, a worse place, I'd probably work for some big multinational corporation. <laughs> um, so, so the fact that I choose to do something different with my life, at least for me specifically, is to be in a position to bring change. And I feel like, you know, in a place like a school where so many students are coming to study dance, it's the perfect opportunity to not just teach dance, but also teach people ethics, morals, just how to have simple things like discipline and punctuality and respect for other human beings, you know, just simple <laughs> things like that even, which I feel people have lost. And then I also look at it as a place to change the way people do things. So I've kind of like started shifting towards minimalism. And, you know, for example, one of the things that we changed at the school was to stop doing paper passes. So like, you know, when you come to a show, there's like 600 seats and then you have to like have 600 paper passes or cardboard or whatever. And I've stopped doing that. We do like a one-time password system and you get the password and, you know, you can enter the show with a password. That's one of the things. The other thing that I do is I've employed um, a tailor and a, a, basically a family and I ask people to give me old clothes and curtains and bed sheets. And I ask him to make bags, cloth bags out of all of this waste that people give me. And with every student that registers at the company, we give them one cloth bag, A, encouraging them to not use plastic. 
Hmm. B, to reuse, recycle. And C, to not think that the only way or the only relationship you can have with belly dance is through a hip scarf. Mm-hmm. Uh, so reuse. We, we tell people to take items from other people. I also organize a bazaar called Banjara Bazaar, which is all about selling secondhand costumes and used jewelry. And, you know, so just passing it on from dancer to dancer. And that's a good way for things to stay in the community. One of the other things that I do is one of my leading dancers in the company, um, she's an Orisi dancer and a belly dancer, and her mother runs an NGO that works with the underprivileged women and children. So whether it's our stage shows or whether we do workshops or, you know, sometimes it's seminars and festivals and things like that, we give a certain percentage of the funds to this NGO. So we also, like, raise funds for them, and we, we kind of, like... Um, my husband and my brother also went to make a documentary about the school and what the women do. And then we showcased that documentary at my dance show. So we try to integrate. Every year that I do the showcase, I try to integrate a message. So a few years back, the show was called Glow Belly because it was talking about all the possible global issues in the world at that point of time. That's a big topic. We picked right. up a few. Mm-hmm. And domestic violence was one of them. And then we had a sharing circle. So what we did was we had three months of preparation of dance. Mm-hmm. But every weekend, we also did a talk about something or an integrative activity. We had a meditation session for anxiety and depression. We had um, a talk with a lawyer and a women's rights activist and people that came and spoke about being molested and raped the first time ever in a public mm-hmm. space. You know, and we did things about somebody coming in and we did like a Save the Trees campaign. So we picked up a few things that we really thought were important right now uh, at that moment. And yeah, and we connected all of those issues to the show. Do you feel there's a synergy or connection between your art of belly dance and community outreach or the things that you've chosen to address? There is a connection. And I think the connection, I mean, there's a few things. Number one, um, I think with the place that we have made through the work that we do, people have A, really, really started to respect belly dance in India now, and people are pursuing it as a serious dance form. Mm -hmm. And I think that's put us in a position where the fact that we could take something like belly dance and make it so big in a country kind of gives us a position of trust. So somewhere I feel like people trust us now because we've taken something that they looked, something like belly dance that they looked down on. Oh, this is vulgar. This is just cheap entertainment. And to make it a serious dance form. So now when we integrate other issues with the work that we do, people take it seriously because they know that we have been, you know, we have been working towards change. And I think that's where the, the connection is. Today, the women few years back that, that could not pick their T-shirts up because they were so conscious, oh, I have a fat belly or I'm too skinny or I'm, I have scars or whatever, are the same women that are like flaunting their bodies now and are so comfortable in their own skin now. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that has also become, that's kind of had like a butterfly effect. So people talking about it and getting out and reaching out. And I think in a sense, Banjara School of Dance has automatically become associated with not just dancing, but holding space for belly dance and to, and to kind of work towards respect for that dancing style. So I feel mm-hmm. like in some way that connection is there. But all in all, I think the real subjects that 
that I think all the women in my company feel for is working for women's empowerment. And that automatically has a connection with belly dance in every sense, spiritual, <laughs> physical, mental, emotional. Yeah. Right, yeah. There's often talk about women's agency and ownership over what they do with their bodies, how they express themselves in a sexual way or how much of their bodies they show or the moves that they make. So there's often debate about, it's all gray area, but you know, which moves are too sexual or are appropriate or how much costuming or how much cleavage or leg or whether the crotch even shows. As soon as somebody says, oh, you're being too sexual, then there's an argument for that, which is, well, no, every woman has agency over her own body and she has the right to express her sexuality however she wants. However, in your situation in India, and I know in mine, especially 40 years ago when I was starting, we're dealing with a public preconception of what the dance is. So I had to take extra measures to ensure that, no, actually, this is not stripping. We don't actually go naked. And that's not to say that I haven't actually in the theater put people naked on stage. <laughs> it's the context for me. What do you feel about that and how do you address in this day and age where we really want to give women agency over their own bodies, but at the same time, as teachers of this particular art form, which is seen as sensual, there's a time and place sort of. I consider myself to be a feminist, whatever that might mean. But I've always believed that being a feminist I'm always careful of not putting down other women, whatever their decisions might be. So not look at a woman as lesser than me because of the decision that she's made on the basis of her dance moves, her clothes, whatever. I am aware of the fact that when I did come to India, one of the things that I was told when I was trying to you know, promote myself as an artist was that why should we hire an Indian if we can get foreigners with like minimal clothing? And, and that was something that they said to me, um, because, of course, the dancers that probably came from other parts of the world were a little more comfortable with shorter costumes. And maybe I wasn't for the same reason that I didn't want to be looked at a certain way. Even so, I believe at one point of time, they asked me things like, OK, so how much do you charge for your performances? And I would say, OK, this much. And they would ask me things like, oh, so what else can we get in the package? So I have been asked things like that. And these references have been made. But I truly believe over the years, the work that I've done, and I'm really, in a certain sense, I can, I can put myself in a position of like, kind of like grandma status for belly dance in India. Because before me, there was very few people doing it not so seriously. And then I think about 2006 was the year that I started in India, was the, was the year that a lot of other dancers start, came into the scene. So at that point of time, I remember when I was, sometimes parents would bring their daughters to class and say, oh, my daughter is super excited and she wants to study belly dance, but we're so afraid that boys are going to look at her in an inappropriate way in school, you know, like a 14 or a 15-year-old. And I said, people are going to look at your daughter the way that they want to look at her, even if she's fully dressed, even if she's, you know, dressed in a bikini, even if she's dressed in a, a burqa, People are going to look at her the way that they want to look at her. The only way that she's going to make sure that nobody crosses the line is the way that she carries herself. And I feel like as a dancer, we need to make, we need to make respectable choices. So for me, those things are things like costuming. 
the way that I carry myself, the values that I pass on to my dancers, the kind of productions that I put up, the kind of restrictions that I have, you know, for example, things like, you know, we've had these situations where we're dancing on stage and for some, like a corporate event. And for some reason, people were drinking and they thought they could suddenly come close to the stage and stop throwing money. I have stopped my dancers in the middle of the performance, showed them the finger and walked off the stage. It, because you, you got to do what you got to do. You know, you got to let, give people the message that I am here for art and I will not be disrespected. Now, I have also been in a situation when I started my career, I have danced at restaurants and I have been part of the nightclub culture in some sense. But even that, respectfully, you know, I don't think that just because a woman chooses a certain kind of venue to dance in, that gives you the right to treat her a certain way. So I've always, I've, I always tell my dancers that I've done the dirty work for you and you don't need to do the dirty work anymore. And the path has been made, you know, you can just walk the path now. And I was in such a urgency. I was in such a hurry to show people that this dance is not limited to a nightclub where people stand beside you and come close to you and try to touch you. And this is not what it is. Yes, maybe in some sense, in some, some parts of the world, it does happen. But there are people that are bringing it to the stage. It's respectable. There are people that are understanding what this dance form can do for community. And now that I have been on that path for so many years, Nobody dares talk to me otherwise. So I really think it's in the hands of the dancer. It's in the hands of the artist, how they want to shape community around them. Well, Meher, I hope we can speak again. This has been wonderful talking to you. And I'm so glad we made this happen. Is there anything you want to tell the audience about what you're doing upcoming or anything you really want to speak about? You know, we're in, we're in really tough times. At the, it's really super strange, weird times. And, and I think that the only message that I really like to give to people out there who are feeling isolated and feeling, you know, distant from what's happening in the real world is I, I feel that in some ways you see like you and I have connected now, you know, like after so many years. And, and I really feel like this is that opportunity to connect with people that you probably wouldn't have done otherwise. And, mm-hmm. you know, the virtual platform is giving you that opportunity, especially to dancers. I never thought I would be able to do some teacher's classes because, you know, they were too busy traveling and I could never make it to their workshops and, you know, just never have the, either the budgeting or the time or the whatever to, to kind of like make those workshops. But now because we're all in the same situation, look how we're connected. Yeah. I think it's a great opportunity to study, to grow, to connect and to just reach out to people in need. Well, I'm blowing you kisses. We must do this again. Okay. Sure okay. Thing. Take care. Bye bye. Thank you for joining me, your host, Yasmina Ramsey, for this week's episode of Deeper Dance. If you would like more information, please check out my website at yasminaramseyarts.com. I hope you join me next week with more fascinating guests and more ideas to ponder inspired by dance. Dance.